0: All right, sounds good. We're rolling. Welcome to the Depth Truck Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'll be with you today along with Nick Roush in Louisville. Um, Kentucky loses to Georgia 14-3 to in a game that was uh, close for 60 minutes. Uh, Georgia had a couple couple drives and then that's about it the Kentucky defense played uh played well yet again uh Brad White's unit is is played at a high level uh for the last four games uh so uh Cats uh, come up short two and four now at midway through the season Nick Roush how you doing buddy
1: I'm doing okay I'm, I'm happy the bye weeks here uh like the team it, it's needed just to kind of exhale a little bit because it's been uh It's been
0: a pretty grueling sprint so far, Freddie. Yeah, it has. I mean, it seems like just yesterday that Chris Rodriguez, the call in the end zone against Auburn, uh, you know, did did not go Kentucky's way Uh, somehow, some way. I mean, I I still have no idea how that happened. And uh, here we are sitting at two and four with an open week, a bye week, and Vanderbilt coming up next. So uh, we asked for some questions since Kentucky doesn't have an opponent. This week, we thought we would uh, go heavy with the questions today. Nick, you ready, bud? I'm ready to roll. All right, man. Uh, And the first question,
1: where do we we want to start? Um, Oh, here's a fun start. Actually, no, I'll save that for later. Let's just start with Ben. Ben asks, will Stoops ever have a passing offense that sets up the run? Um, Saban figured it out. We don't have five stars, but – Feel like it'll be the next step to to take us where we need to go.
0: Yeah, Nick, I think I think uh, Coach Stoops has talked about how the SEC is changing, and, and the offenses are are having are have the advantage now with the defense. So yeah, I think you could see that, and I think you see that in Kentucky with the recruitment of Bo Allen, who is a passing quarterback. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I can see the Cats doing that. Got to get some receivers in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 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 see the the ones that are there that that may be a little bit younger that need to develop a little bit, but I could see Kentucky doing that. But and I think with with Coach Stoops, you're always going to have an element of that physical running game because that's who he is.
1: No, you're exactly right, and it's one of those things too, Freddie. That like it can't happen overnight. You know, no. like this is a this is a slow uh, change. If you know, I mean, look what Mississippi State tried to do. You know, yeah. you try to just start from scratch right away, then you lose your best player. And I mean, like, that's a disaster there. So, like, they're slowly getting there, and I believe they will. You can certainly see it on the recruiting end of things. And uh, the receivers in this class are as talented as receivers Kentucky's ever recruited.
0: Uh, yeah and and head coaches want to win football games so I don't believe that (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe I don't believe that that coach Stoops would want to just stick with something that's not going to help his team win Mm -hmm. you know he he's right there with Bear Bryant now uh, as far as wins so uh you don't get to that point by uh but not adapting and adjusting and I think coach Stoops will do that
1: Uh, I certainly do as well um this question is from uk pez who asks how do we fix our offensive issues and freddie i'll start by saying kind of what stoop said last night that you know in addition to the typical self-scouting stuff he said right now we're just we're looking for five to seven concepts the quarterbacks like and we're going to just put a bunch of different formations out of those concepts to try to confuse the defense and get receivers open so that's at least the steps um though they're taking schematically uh
0: for the final four games of the season well if you think about it it's the same exact thing they did last year but for the run game with Lynn Bowden. Uh a few concepts out of a bunch of different formation shifts personnel groupings motions etc uh but but not a whole lot a whole lot of plays so i think you know, you can just translate that from the limbo running game into a passing game, and that's exactly what he was saying when he mentioned that yesterday.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I think in general, it'll work wonders against Vandy just because Vandy and Georgia might be the antithesis of one another when it comes to defensive football. Um, and even Alabama and Florida, you know, they're not – they're bread and butters on offense, so, you know, maybe – Maybe this is the the recipe, at least to, to stop the bleeding, because the last few games have been uh, have been troublesome when it comes to the lack of explosive plays.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, against Georgia, Joy uh, Gatewood averaged three point six yards per attempt and six point one yards per completion. You know that 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 just shows the struggles of the downfield pass game. I think in the last four games, Kentucky's averaging eighty one yards through the air. Uh, so that that's something that definitely has to improve. Yeah. I think three of the last four haven't crossed the century
1: mark and
0: yeah.
1: Auburn was the only game where they had more than two hundred yards passing. So right. um, it's been a tough sled. Um, but and and obviously those are that that's the main focus this week is is yeah. improving the passing game. Uh Stoop said that Terry Wilson is back at practice, Freddie. He didn't kind of give any sort of inclination, which direction they're going to go. If they're going to give the ball back to Terry, if they're going to keep it in Joey's hands. Um, But they've got a little extra time to figure that out with this bye week
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know what we're going to see against Vanderbilt. Uh, I don't think anybody does. So uh, I think they're going to, they're going to throw it a lot this week in practice and, and try to find that fix and then start preparing for Vanderbilt next week. And uh It'll be interesting to see what we uh, what what comes out on the field with the first snap against the Commodores. I will say I'm I'm hopeful
1: that whatever it is, it works well enough to where we get to see Bo Allen in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm ready to see Bo. Uh, I'm ready to see him throw the football, and, and I'm also ready to see some of those younger receivers. Correct, correct.
1: Uh, which brings us this question from Adam, who says. Do you expect to see more snaps going forward for freshmen on both sides of the ball? He also asked, what's the latest on Quentin Bohanna? Uh, I'm expecting Bohanna to be back for the next game. Um, yeah,
0: uh, uh, Stu said last night or yesterday that uh, Quentin is, is, is close. Uh, he's not cleared yet, but, yeah, I would like to see him because that, that one-two combination of Bohanna and McCall uh, you know, and you can throw in Rodgers and Hayes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, i looking back, I, I can never remember a nose tackle, nose guard position as talented and as deep as what's on campus right now.
1: I mean, Freddie, it's to the point where, like, I know they won't do this, but I almost want them to go to a 4 3 next
0: year because they got some yeah. studs in there. Like, got a bunch of them. They're But good, as far man. as playing freshman, you know, uh, I think that uh, uh, that Anwar Stewart rotates in a lot of freshmen there at the defensive line position. Redshirt freshman Jared Casey on, on the inside yeah. linebacker position there. Uh, J.J. Weaver is a redshirt freshman and playing at an extremely high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're freshmen rotating in, in defense now. Offensively, I think, you know, when you're talking about freshmen, uh, you're really referring to the receivers and the mm-hmm. quarterback position. And uh, I could see Isaiah Cummings. I mean, that's a name that we've heard several times now. Uh, Michael Drennan, I could see him getting a lot more reps. And, uh, uh, yeah, I-, I would like to see some of those freshmen myself.
1: Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, Freddie, that we've heard a lot of. But I think it also comes down to how much, how many reps can they get in practice to where yeah. you know that you could trust them in a game. And yeah. at least this week they'll have that. And it, yeah. Chuck, Chuck just called it the dirt bowl the other day. But even Stoop said it they'll they'll scrimmage um, this week, and that they'll give the opportunity for those freshmen to give live reps and really prove that they can be on the same field at the same time. So, um, yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, this this is the week to get those freshmen reps, and and I think they're going to have like I said, they're going to have a little scrimmage today or tomorrow. And uh, that, that that should uh, give them an indication of what these youngsters can do in live situations. Uh, this message comes
1: to us from Drew in Madisonville. He says, uh, which Kentucky football player, past or present, would make the best president? Billy McCall doesn't count because he's the obvious
0: answer. I'll but, hang up and listen. Well, thanks for the call. Appreciate the call, Drew, from Madisonville. <laughs> uh, I'm going to nominate uh, Luke Fortner for president. Uh, anytime there's a tough situation with a team, with with the team, as far as a bad outing or, or, or some struggles or anything of that nature, or off the field issues, Kentucky puts Luke Fortner out there as, as the voice of the team. And I think uh, you know he's working on his master's degree in engineering, and uh, he 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 can he can uh, he can solve problems. Engineers solve problems for a living. That's what he does. So I'm nominating Luke Fortner for president. That is a, uh, a, that would be a different sort of resume
1: than normal uh, yeah. or president. We could, especially, they typically come from a more legal uh, side of things instead of an uh, a engineering side of things. But I think the math and science is a good approach. It's a much yeah. more mechanical, pragmatic way to problem solve. So I like, right. I like where your head's at, Freddie. Um, I like some of the suggestions we've got from some folks. Uh, Matt said, got to go with Austin McGinnis because he isn't too far left or right. That's a good call. That's a good call. Uh, There was also, this was a very interesting one. This is from Benita Rowley. She said, Wilbur Shorty Jamerson. He scored both of UK's touchdowns in the 1951 Sugar Bowl. He was her high school principal and a world-class diplomat
0: and disciplinarian. He would have made a great president. Yeah, yeah. So for for Fortner for president, I'm I'm nominating Derek Ramsey as his vice president. Uh, that's that's Derek, the right answer there, because I mean he's he's experienced much- in government. I mean, he yeah. was Secretary of Labor, Secretary of Education. He's been an athletic director. Uh, I think that he could help Luke uh, navigate the political waters. So that's going to be uh, my vice presidential nomination. I think
1: Derek Ramsey's a great. That that was who I had in mind. Freddie was yeah. Um,
0: and he is he out of like he he isn't working for state government right now, is he? I don't think so. No, but he is a he's somebody that demands respect in the room when he walks in. Uh, he's a great guy. I love Derek Ramsey, and I think he will help Luke in his path to the presidency.
1: I, I really like too that he has very starch collars on his. Yes, shirts. those things. Yes not a wrinkle in sight. That and that means right. you know he means business. Exactly. exactly. Uh who this is a great question from Adam who asks is cereal a soup? If so, does that make hot dogs a sandwich?
0: Cereal is not a soup. Um uh, you can make the argument uh that cereal is not a soup because it's cold but there are cold soups. So I, uh, I think the I, milk think the, the milk yeah, the,
1: base is like it's because a soup it's it's typically out of like a to, like a chicken like a, it's, it's broth base and milk under yeah. those circumstances is a broth
0: and, and normally soup you don't have to add uh an ingredient ingredient to finish the product now uh, with cereal you do you cereal by itself could it could be considered cookies a cookie product but mm-hmm. adding the milk transition the cookie to, uh, cereal, uh, hot dog. Is that, is that a sandwich? I think uh, it's a taco because
1: it's, I mean, it, I mean, it's basically just another, it's a, it's a soft shell taco.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, hot dogs are not sandwiches. No.
1: I think the, the better question, Freddie, that I'm, I'm curious your insight on does chili qualify as a soup.
0: Yes. Yeah, yes. and,
1: and I know some people get like pretty bullheaded about it, but like when you go to restaurants, chili is on the in the soup portion <laughs> the soup salad portion of the menu.
0: Yeah, chili is 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 on is a soup choice on menus in several restaurants. So yes, I would consider chili a soup.
1: Which this weekend, Freddie, it's gonna be on the warmer side, but bye yeah. week is always a great time to make make some chili.
0: Yeah, and I would add in if you put noodles in your chili. Then it's not a soup. It goes to the trash. <laughs> it goes to the trash can part portion of the menu. Uh, well, I'm, I'm,
1: there's some folks from Cincinnati right now who are just uh, who are hung up. Yeah, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> I just you know, personal opinion.
1: Uh, yeah, and I'm indifferent on that. And I I, I welcome all kinds of chilies. It, but I will say this: the cinnamon, like you know, it's fine. But I I'd, I'd prefer to do without right um one texture says I would like to give Nick a shout out on his offseason analysis of the Georgia offense and the fact that they should not have scared UK oh thanks Sean also do you think UK still has a chance to beat Florida and Gainesville
0: I do I do I think Kentucky has a chance if if we see some fixes to that passing game of course because I know people were slow to to talk about this, but Kentucky's a top three defense in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, what Brad White done, has done with that with that unit, with not a lot of uh, all SEC type players, not a lot of sure sure thing NFL players, uh, what he's done schematically and motivate them and put them in the right place to make plays is is unbelievable. It is, is he's done an incredible job. Uh, Kentucky's first in the nation in interceptions, man. You know, third total defense in the SEC, only giving up 355, 355 yards a game. Uh, the Cats are first in the SEC in pass defense, man, 212 yards a game. And, and that's factoring in that old miss game. So, well,
1: and Freddie, you talked about it a few weeks back where they were last in the country in quarterback efficiency rating as far as the yeah. opposing quarterbacks go. They're now top twenty-five, and in the last four games, they have not given up one single passing touchdown, and they've picked yeah. off eleven passes. I mean, it's remarkable. They're, yeah, they're, they're playing because they've given up some yards, but they're making plays and, and keeping points from getting on the scoreboard.
0: Only giving up nineteen points per game, Nick. I mean that that's second in the SEC. Uh, so I, I know that the focus is on the offense and what it's not doing. But he, man, we got we got to start paying attention to what Brad White's doing on that defense. Uh, last twelve trips into the red zone, opponents have scored four touchdowns. Uh, I, mean, I mean, this this defense is uh, you know if if it continues this pace, now now given that you got to play against Florida and you got to play against Alabama, which are going you know those yeah, those got are got number dudes. busters. Yeah, yeah, they got some Devontae dudes. Smith. Uh, yeah,
1: Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean, they're going to get, they're going to go get some, some really, really good offenses, maybe the best offense in the, in the country with Alabama uh, and then playing against the best tight end in college football in Pitts there at Florida. Uh, but, but what Brad White has done with this defense, I mean, it is I think what needs to be talked about more.
1: I'm, uh, I'm curious, Freddie, since we mentioned Florida, what do you think is going to happen with a cocktail party?
0: I think Florida will beat Georgia. Nick, I I do. I just don't see Georgia's offense uh, as being dynamic with Stetson Bennett the fourth. I don't – you know, if Georgia can have the same game plan and be successful against Florida that it did against Kentucky, then maybe. But at some point in time, Bennett's going to have to make throws against Florida. Mm -hmm. So – and then not having George Pickens really hurt uh, Georgia against Kentucky, you know, because he's the – outside receiver that catches those 50-50 balls and it would help Bennett out a little bit. Uh but but, but watching a game, Kirby Smart was not going to put the outcome of a game in Lexington in Bennett's hands. He 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 was just going to lean on that running game and he was happy to leave Lexington as a 14-3 winner. I um, mean I don't think he would really care what the score was or how pretty or ugly the game was. I just think uh you know, I think Kirby respects respected that Kentucky defense and just wanted to get out of there with a win. And that's what they did.
1: No, you're exactly right. And I, um, really the only (laughs) reason why I'm not more bullish on Florida is just because, you know, they've lost how many in a row? Uh, three, you know, I I feel like there's a mental kind of block there. Yeah. And ultimately I think it's going to come down to, can they get over that hurdle? I, Mullen's been doing everything in his power to get them fired up and to, to get over that kind of mental block and, and have them ready to roll. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's I, true. They they I, they just feel like they just have too many guns. Like they're going to score points. Um, yeah, as good as Georgia's yeah. defense is, they're going to score points, and I don't think Georgia yeah. will be able to keep up with them.
0: No, in a game like that of that stature, I, I think you you know, for me. Uh, I start with the quarterback position, and I think that is a significant advantage with Kyle Trask at Florida over Bennett there at Georgia. Uh,
1: Now, we got questions about a couple receivers we haven't heard of. Uh, Adam want to know about Crooms, and Tyler want to know about Khalil Branham. And in Khalil Branham's case, Freddie, he was, as much as we enjoyed watching him work out on social media, like, you a he's not the only person working out just because he's posting it but b he played quarterback last year like you know yeah. he yeah he didn't have uh, a whole lot to like of experience playing that wide receiver so it's going to take him some time um to develop and taytay crooms i really don't have an answer on taytay crooms freddie other than in the two years he's been there i have not heard when asked about you know who's doing well in practice like I think maybe once, like a year ago, heard that Tay Tay made a big play, but like he's just somebody you just don't hear about at all.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think if, if, if one of those freshmen that are not playing already uh, doesn't come out of the bye week in the rotation, uh, then I don't think really we'll see them the rest of the way out in the remaining six games. So if, if Crooms or Branham or any of those guys are going to make gains, Uh, make strides in the depth chart it's this week it's this week yeah so we'll we'll see the the Vanderbilt game is going to be telling on many levels and one of the one of the factors will be uh, what are the what's the youth movement coming out of the bye week
1: um oh this is a pertinent question Thomas wants to know what's your favorite bye week bubble bath bye week what bubble bath i oh (laughs) That's a good one. <laughs> Are you you still uh, you still doing the
0: you know every once in a while soak? Uh, no, not really, not really. I'm I'm going straight shower during football season. So, uh, yeah, because because I mean, time time is of the essence. I don't have a lot of free time right now. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm it's lazy, it's, it's get in there, and, you know, get in get in there and get out. So it's straight shower for me. Uh, will ask what has happened with the
1: RPO? Do we not run them as often or are the reads just not being made?
0: Well, I guess Georgia, the reads are so fast that, that I think there were, there were a few that, that could have gone a different way. Uh, but no, I think, I think Kentucky still using an RPO, but it's, it's not been as productive. So. Uh, something that that that's going to be looked at through the self-scouting you know that that's something that that eddie Grant and, and that offensive staff are, are doing this week or, or have done is self-scout go back and looking throughout not just this season but throughout the other seasons of what what could have been what what worked what concept what motions what formations and trying to figure out any way in the world to move the football and score more touchdowns yeah
1: they're they're they haven't been very successful with the quarterback run and the kind of quickness that you need out to, to be able to give it to the tight ends just, right. hasn't, just hasn't been there. So I, right. I don't know if that, I mean that could be because of the weird off season. I mean, yeah. I think that played a sort of a role to it and, but, but like you said, Freddie, too, those linebackers for Georgia, so fast, so good. Yeah. Like being able to get those off then and there, it's, it's yeah. much easier said than done.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, right now the secondary, opposing secondaries are sit, sitting on routes, man. I mean, they're, you know, they're not they're not doing a lot of backpedaling, put it that way. So uh, they're sitting on the routes, and, and, and that part of the passion, the RPO is not there either.
1: The uh this question comes from Keenan. I think it's Keenan. I think that's how you say it. Uh would the cats benefit by embracing a Wisconsin slash Iowa persona
0: on offense? Um I think they kind of do that now or try to do that now. That's what I was gonna uh, say. Gonna yeah, say I think it I think it looks pretty similar, uh other than than Iowa you're going to get a heavy dose of multiple tight ends. I mean, right now Kentucky's rotating two basically with Upshaw and, and Riggs. So uh, you know, I think they're pretty similar right now. Uh, but I but, you know, I do think that that Iowa and Wisconsin both are uh have a receiving group that that's that's threatening and, and that that opens up that run game more so for them for both those teams.
1: Um here, what was I going to say? Where was it? Where'd you go. Hey, when I do this, Freddie, I find a good question, and then I scroll away, and uh, I, I'll lose it. And it's like, Rosh, what are you doing? Like, this is your only <laughs> job is to pull up the questions. Um, oh, here we go, from Brad. What will the offensive line look like next year? And he See also asked their senior that could use the COVID year. That doesn't count to, to come back and help next year. Um,
0: Man, that's a good question. I think, I think Kentucky loses both tackles. Landon yeah, young.
1: I think they'd like to keep Kennard, but I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's going to really depend on this NFL grade. Normally when a non-COVID year, uh, you know, when you put your name in, there, there's a system to it if you're an underclassman. You put your name in, an NFL evaluation committee looks at your tape, looks at everything, and it changed a couple years ago uh, when, they don't say, yes, you will be drafted or no. The answers are first, second, and or go back to school. First round, second round, or go back to school. So we'll see uh, what that is for for Kennard. Uh, but I think you lose both of them. You know, I, I don't know about Drake situation. Uh, you know, I think Drake will get drafted. So uh, he'll have to look at that. And, well, uh, and with, I, Luke, I with Ford, pretty- I mean, you don't know I, I just think
1: in a lot of those guys' cases, like, you know, they've been in school five years. Um, That's a
0: long time, man. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a long time. And it gets old doing the same thing over and over for five years, no matter where you are. Right. Four or five years. So, I, I don't know. So, so cool. you're going to have Horsey back and, and Dotson back, Quentin Wilson.
1: Yeah. I think it would be Quentin Wilson center, Horsey Dotson, uh, Nasir Watkins, and then – maybe Jeremy Flax, Nick Lewis, kind of in yeah. that mix there. But there is going to be some some heavy turnover. Um, yeah,
0: there will be some turnover.
1: There, there's no doubt about that. And
0: uh, I'm, I'm trying Yeah, because to- it seems like the, the, that the offensive line has been together forever. Yeah. If you think yeah. about it. So, it, it's going to look a little bit different next year.
1: Man, and it – you know, it's, it kind of reminds me of after that 2018 year when those guys graduated – just how yeah. weird it was because it felt like, you know, Derek Beatty was Kentucky starting quarterback for 17 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: and, 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 you know, I don't really pay attention to a lot of people that are just, I mean, I, I get it on social media. People are just want to vent, want, want to, want to say things and and that's okay. And and it doesn't bother me, but you know, how many people were talking about, well, that secondary, that defense, the only reason they did anything because of the monsoons and, who they play? Well, not necessarily. Right now, Kentucky's leading the SEC in pass defense and third in total defense. So, maybe it was a little bit more than just playing in monsoons. So, uh, I think that was a hasty uh, reaction to a couple for the Auburn game, for the frustration of the overall game, mm-hmm. and then the Mississippi State or Ole Miss when when uh, uh, Matt Corral and those receivers just, just did a lot of good things against the Cats.
1: Yeah, and I mean, really – the only team that's been able to slow them down whatsoever is Arkansas. Which, yeah, man, shout out to Barry Odom. Like, yeah, he's he's done a great job
0: down there as their their defensive coordinator. Yes, um, he has, and I'm glad. I'm happy for him.
1: who here we go. Um, somebody asked, "What's up with Jermaine Eskridge, And I believe he's at Iowa JUCO. Um, that was a fun name from the past. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, uh, here's a here's a question from Ben that's pretty valid. How how difficult is it for Eddie Grant to, to adjust the offense between Joey Gatewood and Bo Allen?
0: Not well, difficult, no. I mean it's not difficult because Eddie Grant's been doing this for a very long time. And we've seen him adjust from Drew Barker to Steven Johnson, from Stephen Johnson to Terry Wilson, from Terry Wilson to, to Lynn Bowden. So we've seen the adjustments made. So I don't I don't think it'll be overly difficult for Eddie Green to transition over from Joey Gatewood to Bo Allen. Yeah, I
1: don't need And I think even in, if it were to happen in a game, like, it's not like, you know, you're just calling different kind of plays. You you have them in, you're just calling different ones. So right, I, I've and I always think, thought that was a little bit exaggerated when it comes to your style of offense. It, you, you have a ton of plays, Freddie. It's just, which ones are you calling?
0: Well, I think also people are underestimating the athletic ability of Bo Allen. I mean, he's not a statue back there. He can, he can, he can run. I mean, he, he's a good athlete and he can uh, execute the RPOs. I think people are somewhat underestimating uh, his, his skill set because I think he can do it all. Um,
1: here's a this question is from Kevin: Is what affected? having a wide receiver quarterback, have on the development of the this season's wide receivers. And, Freddie, I think that's something that we uh, – I remember – you know how you'll have your kind of media kind of uh, – before the press conferences, you kind of get together and talk shop, you know? Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with Derek Terry and John Hale about just this, right around this time of year last year, when when the Bowden ball was really starting to get rolling – and you're looking ahead and you're like, well, this, this could be trouble next year. And I, I think we just, we overlooked how significant it would be and how significant of a year it was just for those guys from development wise, Uh, because many of them were playing for the first time they were juniors or so. And that's the year where you really grow. And then as seniors, you kind of see the finished product. And, that, that development year was really taken away from them, as far as live reps, timing, and just kind of playing normal on the field, like playing free. Like, you know, you as much as they'll say it, like you're you're going to have some some goosebumps when you come out there. You're going to have some yips a little bit right away. Um, it's a matter of getting that kind of normalcy uh, and getting in the flow of the game. I think it does take some time. To just get used to making difficult big plays in on a big stage and they didn't really have that year to to get into the flow of the offense.
0: Yeah, I mean they had to do what they had to do. I mean when when, when Bowden was named quarterback, I mean the the intent or, or the purpose of the wide receivers changed dramatically from uh, you know being in a in a balanced offense to to a significantly heavy run system. And uh, I thought they did a tremendous job of being unselfish and blocking and and did that. But yeah. And then this year, going back to the balanced offense, um, you know, I'm not so sure that year had a lot, a great deal to do with it or it was what it was when it was, if, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down, Mr. Maggard. (laughs) Oh, here's, here's one more fun question. Uh, Phil says, "Should UK switch to the option?"
0: <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Just like the air raid, I don't think the uh, the triple option would would work well on a consistent basis in the southeastern conference. I mean, I, I think with with the talent level that's on the defensive side of the football, as far and as well as the uh, defensive coordinators, uh, I, I don't think. I mean, I think you could trick some people early, but that that would be about it. Uh, a one-dimensional offense in this league is is not going to work. Uh, we've seen that with the air raid at Mississippi State. I mean, I turned it on a little bit, uh, their, their game against Alabama, and it was, you know, completing 60 passes that traveled three yards. Uh, you <laughs> know, so – uh, yeah, that, it's tough to work when you're going against defenses that are that are as good in, in the SEC, and coordinators like Brad White. Again, I, I will mention that name, and, and I will keep mentioning that name. That I mean, from I mean, I, it, it's I mean, it, it's historic what he's doing, Nick Roush. If you think about it, I mean, when's the last time? I mean, I know Kentucky's had some good defenses under Mark Stoops, but th- this defense here is is good as number-wise, that that we've seen in a very long time.
1: Yeah, and to your point, Freddie, like, Brad White, what he's doing is incredible, and he's not the only intelligent defensive mind out there. I know, like, in in a bowl game scenario, like, like when Kentucky had to play Georgia Tech down at the Gator Bowl, having that one-game scenario where you're not used to it at all and you can't really practice for it because you don't want your players to get hurt, you know, it's your first – game in a while you're just trying to really develop your 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 younger players and yeah so in that one game scenario it can be incredibly difficult to prepare for but across a 12 game season if you're used to facing it every single year like coaches are smart enough to figure out how to coach them yeah up. you know I, I like th-
0: th- they'll figure it out eventually I, I think we can go back to the world series uh the final game with the with the raised pitcher Uh, I listened to talk radio quite a bit and uh, said, you know, for for the first time that he goes through the order, his ERA or whatever those numbers are now, I can't even keep up with the analytics. It's very good. Second time around, not so good. Third time, very, very bad. So uh, same thing could be applied to running that triple option in the SEC. You may get somebody year one because it is unique. It is different. Year two, not so much. Year three, nothing. So that that's my take on that. Yeah, yeah.
1: And if you want to consider like a different kind of option, yeah, you know, Bowden and Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma did it to an extent last year. Yeah, but yeah. W- then again, it's also like that was kind of how you operate in a pinch, not more so like we're going to do this year in and year out because yeah, you know, this goes back to that greater theme of offensive football, and it's just it's just changing in college. It you is. Know? It, it is. This isn't, you know, Herschel Walker like, I mean, <laughs> running into, a, you know, a crowd like this is no this is a different kind of football.
0: It is, and then you know, you look at the at the you know secondary and tertiary effects of running the option. What happens when that coach leaves or gets fired? Then you got two or three years of just trying to recruit players to run a different system. So you know, you're you're looking at a five six year uh, window where. Economically, you may not be selling a lot of tickets if it goes bad. I mean, there are just so many factors that goes along with that with that uh, with that equation.
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, look at Georgia Tech right now; it's a mess.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, they're they're trying to recover from running triple option. Where I do think they have a good their quarterback, but you know, it's, it's going to take them more time to to players
1: around. Well, that's all the questions we got right now, Freddie. So I got a question for you. What what game are you most looking forward to watching this Saturday?
0: You know, I'm not uh, – I guess Florida-Georgia would be, uh, you know, the obvious choice there. Uh, Oregon-Stanford, i like to see that one, just to see how Oregon's going to replace Justin Herbert, who's doing – who's having a great year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um I, I like the Cincinnati team. I, I like watching them play. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'll just flip around and find a game, but I guess Georgia, Florida is the one I'm really looking forward to. What about you? Uh, yeah. And
1: Cincinnati's quarterback, Desmond Redder, he's a St. X kid. Um, yeah. From City Old. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, Cincinnati's been tearing it up. I'm, they got a trap game coming next week, though, Freddie. East Carolina before they play UCF. So keep, keep that one circled. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm, you know, I went. I was at. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, buddy. no, no. You got it. You got it. Oh, I was at the uh, Cincinnati UCLA game last year. Uh-huh. At in Cincinnati, and I was just taken back. I mean, that was not a fluke win for Cincinnati. Uh, the Bearcats were that much more talented, that much better coached, and just a a, a vastly better team than UCLA. On that day, and, and that's when I started. Man, they, they got something going there.
1: Yeah, I'm. uh They're a fun team to watch, and I, I'm. I'm excited. Oh, you know, I don't know how locked in I'll be to it, but I am excited for Clemson Notre Dame because my brother in law is a huge Notre oh, yeah. Dame fan, but he's from Clemson country. So like the yeah, and you know what? The thing that annoys me too is he's like, oh, we'll probably lose. Like I know, come on, don't don't do that. I want to. I don't want to hear you already telling yourself that. Oh well, this game it doesn't really matter anyway. They got to get in the ACC championship. I don't give a damn. You got to beat them now.
0: Like, come on, get fired up. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think Clemson is athletically uh, too uh, too 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 athletic for for Notre Dame to be quite honest with you. I think Notre Dame, uh, not for sure, they can keep up with that Clemson speed. And even without Trevor Lawrence, I think I think Clemson wins that one. Yeah,
1: I, I ultimately do as well. I'm I'm pumped for the uh, Breeders' Cup. You know me, I love my love my horses. Um, so I'll be tuned in. Yeah,
0: in. Nick, let's go back. Yeah,
1: you'll be tuned into the horses. Oh, I'll be watching the horses. I, I will also be starting the day watching Terry Bradshaw. Did you hear what happened to Big Noon Kickoff? I did the entire yeah, I did. they're out Fox sports that they've been, uh, quarantined. So Fox's pregame show, yeah. they're giving it to the NFL guys. And so it'll be Howie and Terry Bradshaw. with Carissa Yeah. Thompson.
0: Yeah. that will be interesting. See how that goes. Um, uh, let's take a look back at the recipes for success. And, and we'll both say, if Kentucky achieves these, you not against Georgia reestablish and stick to the run. Uh, yeah i mean kentucky uh had a lot more carries than it did against missouri i think we could say they're re-established. stick to it not for sure uh because joey Atwood did have 25 pass attempts but that a lot had to do with the with the with the outcome of the game uh, but i was really happy and pleased to see chris rodriguez go for over 100 against georgia defense that was giving up 65 a game
1: yeah and some of that too is like fourth quarter we got it try to get it ball down field a little bit. Um but yeah I was at least like we were waiting to see them make Chris Rodriguez the bell cow. And yeah. I I think that I, I think that's happened. I, th- yeah. I think that transformation's happened.
0: When the turnover margin, yeah. Georgia had two interceptions, Kentucky had one fumble, that one's black and white exceed to see as an average in passing yardage. No. Kentucky was averaging 124 yards a game going into the going into Saturday and only uh through for ninety-one. Okay.
1: Okay. I will say that on the turnover point, it just stinks Freddie that there's almost no margin for error when you're UK's offense right now. Right. Because yeah. I mean that was crippling, you know. Like yeah, they,
0: they needed to they need yeah. That, uh the, that killed the drop. The, yeah, absolutely those linebackers yes they were as good as advertised every dag on one of them mm-hmm. uh move the chains uh yes and no kentucky got uh 15 first downs which is which is a lot better than than the missouri game uh stop the chains with this transition over to defense georgia had 20 first downs for the for the day so uh, the dogs were averaging 22 first downs a game. So, I mean, that, that that's pretty good for Kentucky. And other than that first drive, I thought Kentucky did a good job on third down. No, no, you're exactly right. And that,
1: that first drive, I mean, I you thought the game was going to get out of hand, and I'm glad they got it together. But you take that first drive away, the game was played pretty evenly. Absolutely um, it was. And, and I thought, you know, Tikis offense looked better against a much better defense, but it's still just the, the the lack of explosiveness. The longest pass of the day was eleven yards, and you just eleven yards. You can't,
0: yeah, you know, I mean, you can't win football games like that. Nope, nope, can't. Hands up, yes. Phil Hoskins knocked a pass down and, and had a contested tach, uh, catch for a uh, interception. That was so, awesome. That was yeah, a hell of and a it, play. It was. That wasn't
1: a pass that was knocked down either.
0: Yeah. And Bennett only threw 13 passes, so it was really hard to get more deflections than that. But, yeah, I thought uh, that play by Phil Hoskins was was a good one. Eyes on number 10 and number one. Karis Jackson only had three catches for 25 yards. Number 10 and number one, George Pickens didn't play in the game. So, did a good job there. Yeah. Hold the dogs to 150 rush yards. Georgia was averaging 166 coming in. Uh, rush for 215. But – uh, I think that number you have to look at is Georgia put a lot more emphasis on the running game than it had in the past. Had 43 carries, uh, did average five yards a carry, but a lot of that was again in that first drive and then the touchdown run on fourth down. Uh, and then you know thing that you look at there, Nick. Kentucky only had one tackle for loss, so one Georgia had one negative yard on the game for the game, and still. Kentucky did a good job in that area. Yeah, it's hard to be disruptive against. Like
1: Zamir White's a big dude. Preventing that guy from falling forward's tough. And and that that was, I think, in that first drive, what was so aggravating is having them hit at the line of scrimmage or one yard pass, but still getting four and five yards. You know. Right.
0: Right. And then special teams don't kick kick the ball to Kenny McIntosh. Didn't make the trip, didn't play, so that that was not a factor. Um hey, I will say special teams,
1: Freddie. As much grief as he got at the beginning of the year, Matt Ruffalo, his only mistakes were in that old miss game. He missed that absolutely. field goal. Yeah. Which was a tough kick to begin with, and then the extra point. But he's been perfect in, in every other opportunity since. So give give him credit for um for not losing his confidence when when many could have been shaken and, and completely lost for the season after that
0: yeah absolutely i think i think he's really you know after that game i mean he, he's played well he's made his field goals he's made his extra points and uh it's not been a, a shaky proposition so yeah absolutely um mvps halfway through I, I wrote about mine offensively i had two offensive linemen drake jackson. Uh, and I think, I think Drake has been has been solid at his position, and he's done a great job of helping the other linemen, directing blocking uh, schemes, et cetera, helping those quarterbacks out. And uh, I think that uh, Drake, uh, what Drake's done the last two games with Coach Slarman not being on the sideline has been a steadying factor for Kentucky. So I got Drake Jackson as my MVP. Uh, honorable mention, I have Darian Kennard, uh, Cole Kublik, Listed Kennard as the second best tackle in the SEC behind Alex Leatherwood at Alabama. Uh, PFF has him ranked as the number one tackle <laughs> last week, so uh, he's consistently been in that mix with PFF and everybody else. So Darian Kennard is my honorable mention.
1: I'm uh I'm also just going to say that Chris Rodriguez has been just the most consistent producer. I think that's obvious, um, and and really it's just been a matter of how you know how many times is he going to get the ball in a game uh and we saw him really help Kentucky's offense move it down the field uh many folks were wondering why doesn't he get in the red zone I feel like that's a justified question although I, I will I just at least say that like that was a good time to try to make one of those explosive plays and you had Justin Rig open and they, they could turn into a score but quarterback doesn't get that read he gets pressured and and, you know it just then you end up settling for a field goal so um chris rodriguez i think would be one of my early season mvps and uh, to your defensive one freddie there's only one person i could argue against it and that would be kelvin joseph mr in fact because he has been it took some time but my goodness, he has lived up to the billing. He's been as good as advertised. And the thing is, Freddie, like he's making the routine plays look routine, and that's so much easier said than done. And yeah, there's been times uh, I know I've watched over the years where guys are in position to make plays, it hits them in the hands, they drop it. I mean, yeah, he had his presence on the field. He just commands so much attention he he's an a next level kind of athlete
0: yeah you know on, on the defensive mvps i went with jamon davis second in the sec and tackles ninth in the country in total tackles he has a pick six a block kick uh i just think that Jamin davis he's at averaged 11.5 tackles per game over the past four games i think he is uh he was my mvp my honorable mention was uh, uh, was Jordan Wright. I mean, I think you know he's he's a former basketball player, but but he's he's had a big year. He's got a pick six, uh, four tackles for loss, a couple quarterback sacks, a quarterback hurry. Uh, I just think that he is he has provided havoc, and that's what you need. And and Cl- and I had Kelvin Joseph right there with with uh, uh, Jordan Wright, but I took right over Joseph in my honorable mention category, uh, prop mainly Ooh. due due to because of the first two games.
1: Yeah, and, and Wright's had his inconsistencies as well, like in the run game where sometimes I'm like, dude, just yeah. don't hesitate. Go make that play. Right. Um, but I, I, Davis really is, I mean, far and away. the. I mean, Freddie, when Chris Oates, I mean, we were obviously very concerned about his health when we heard about yes. that medical emergency. But the second thing you thought is like, man, that I mean, he was going to be their best player, and Jamie right. Davis has what it, all, those concerns have been eliminated because he's been incredible. I mean, he right. has been better than projected. Uh, I mean, I, I remember when he signed on Freddie, and you knew that the potential was there, and it took a while, but my goodness, he has been just fantastic, and not just not just as a run stuffer, but he's also moved great in the past game, dropping his own. He's got yeah. I mean, two interceptions in the red zone. One was yeah. in the end zone, another one. He returned 85 yards for a touchdown. So he yeah. just
0: absolutely fantastic. He well, He has been. And it was so good to see Chris Oates at the game. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. That he, you know, I know everybody uh, in the big blue nations praying and, and sending thoughts and vibes to Chris Oates, however you do it. Uh, you know, I just uh, really, really, uh, so motivational to see him at the game, uh, but football-wise, Jamin Davis, you know, he is—he's played at an extremely high level. And give credit to Cash Daniel because I think before the game, for the season, uh, he was asked who who would be the defensive breakout star, and, and he said Jamin Davis. And, uh, and he's from Luda Georgia, which is in <laughs> South South Georgia. I know exactly where that is. That's that's near Fort Stewart, Georgia. I was stationed there. I know where Lou DeWisse is is. There's a, and, uh, there's what one, two stoplights there. I'm <laughs> Not for sure. Yeah, uh, not ja- a but whole Jamin lot there. Jamin has really played at a high level uh, f- throughout the year. Special teams MVP I have is Max Duffy, averaging over 46 yards a punt. The reigning uh, Ray Guy Award winner, uh, you know, is the best that's ever punted at Kentucky, and I don't really think it's close.
1: Oh man. Six weeks through Freddie. We've got another month left. And it's been uh the the thing is, I think that's a tough pill to swallow is like really I mean, hell, even in the Missouri game when they played awful, oh, these have all been games and just yeah in, in years past Kentucky's won those close games and that's just that's not happening this year. The ball isn't bouncing Kentucky's way. The reviews aren't going Kentucky's way, and it's it's just it's been tough. It's been real tough, and I'm I'm glad we get a week to exhale, and I hope uh, that this Vanderbilt game can can inject some confidence, some much needed confidence back into the program.
0: Yeah, it's been a strange year. I mean, it really has. Uh, it's been a tough year. And, you know, everybody's dealing with with the COVID, and uh, you know, it's, it's just it's been a, it's been a tough year, uh, but. It is what it is, and Kentucky's got to fight through that. and And you start by 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 beating Vanderbilt like you should. You know, this is, you know, Kentucky will be a favorite and uh, should win the game. But I think I think the fans uh, want to see some some fireworks on the field. Wants to see some explosive plays and see a convincing win against Vanderbilt. And uh, and I think that uh, that could go a long way to. to kickstart the back half of, of the of the schedule now you do have florida and alabama let me rephrase that you're at florida and at alabama in the back half of the schedule so it's going to be a challenging say the least so uh a good win against vanderbilt will go a long way yeah yeah let's uh let's make it happen let's make it happen Cal. yeah and it starts for us on Friday night at Lexington Catholic. Uh, Covenant Catholic, the number one team in 5A, defending state champions. Uh, come, travel to Lexington Catholic on Friday night for the Kroger's KSR game of the week.
1: Yeah, no Michael Mayer, though. Um, he's going to be yeah. scoring touchdowns against Clemson on Friday night. I, Freddie, yeah. I remember watching some of that game against Douglas last year, and he had one play where there was like seven – I swear, the whole team was tackling him. That guy – Whew. I mean yeah. he's like he's he's Superman. He was Superman. Um yeah. and even even without him, they the, the Colonels have been successful this year.
0: Yeah, I mean they got they have a great program up there and uh you know they're 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 trying to trying to win another state championship and, and that's what their goal is and and we'll see what happens Friday. And then you got a good game, good weekend of games uh for college football. So it should be fun.
1: Should be a lot of fun, Freddie. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to exhale this weekend.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. And it's been good to talk football for the last hour with all this election stuff. It's been a good diversion. I appreciate the conversation, Nick Rouse, and I appreciate everybody listening. Yeah, thanks,
1: everybody. Just keep on subscribing and listening
0: and telling your friends about us. We appreciate it. Sure do. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you next week, folks. Okay.